evening, Godspeak family and everyone who is tuning in to the Fireside Chat, normally hosted by Pastor Rob McCoy. My name is Pastor Jesse Bailey, and over here to my right is Connor Coleman, and to my left is Trey Jacobs. You might be wondering, where is Pastor Rob and what is going on? Well, what's going on is Pastor Rob, who is a, a, a good friend of mine, we've connected over the last few months. Um, I explained to him that I had gone to Washington, D.C., and I was on the Capitol steps there and watched everything unfold and invited him to, to watch the, the Bridge. The Bridge is a show that I have, uh, The Bridge by Jesse Bailey, every Sunday evening at 7.30. And when I told him what we were going to be talking about, he invited us to collaborate and for the first time ever have The Bridge and The Fireside Chat come together. So we're very excited about this opportunity. Now there's a couple of things that kind of we had to work out, a couple of curveballs, uh, one of which being that the fireside chat begins at 7 p.m., while the bridge usually begins at 7.30 p.m. So we didn't want to try and alter the audience's expectation in terms of timing. So what we did was we're gonna, we're, we launched at, at about 7 p.m. so we can address the uh, Godspeak crowd and those who have tuned in to watch the fireside chat. And we're going to be waiting a little bit as those uh, audience members who typically watch the bridge join in. So I figured we'd take this time to uh, give you guys a little bit of information about ourselves, um, how I came to know Pastor Rob McCoy and uh, our relationship, and then what the bridge is about and why I started it several months ago and what we're doing. So uh, first of all, uh, I think you've heard enough from me. So I want to reintroduce these two gentlemen and give them an opportunity to share a little bit about themselves, uh, their walk with the Lord, and uh, why, they're sitting, why they're sitting here right now. So uh, I'm going to start with a gentleman to my right. Uh, this is Connor Coleman. Coleman, uh, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Connor Coleman. I'm 28 years old, and I'm from New York, now out in California, obviously. I'm um, just growing up. Just was into sports and went to school. Did had a great family. Um, always knew there was a God. Just, but just was kind of in the world and didn't have that leadership from my family and and telling me who God was and what His Word said. So I just kind of went with the flow. Ended up moving out to California when I was 22 years old and uh, moved out here to make it, as they say. Got into acting. Was trying to just do the whole worldly thing and and build my own kingdom here. And uh, by the grace of God, he revealed himself to me and just kind of showed me the truth of, of why I'm alive and who I really am. Ever since then, it's just been kind of an all-out pursuit to, to know more about him, to find out why I'm here, and uh, just to grow in relationship with, with God. And again, by the grace of God, got to meet uh, Pastor Jesse, got led to Legacy Family Church, which has just been a game changer for me over the past three years. I've just been growing in my, in my walk and just getting closer to God every day. Meet, meeting brothers like Trey over to the left and, and just other people throughout our church. It's been it's been a wild ride and I'm just so blessed to be here. Um, I love Jesus with all of my heart and just want to serve him and, and just live this life and truly do this until he comes back. And uh, today I'm just really here just to bear witness and, and stand in agreement with everything we're going to talk about. Um, Again, we saw this stuff with our own two eyes, and, and now to see what's being put out there by all the media, it really is painful and, and makes me angry, but I know I just want to do what God's telling me to do, which is speak the truth and bear witness of the truth, and that's why I'm here, looking forward to getting into our conversation, 
And thank you for your time to, to log on and, and hear us out tonight. Amen. Thank you, Connor. Trey. Hi, everybody. My name is Trey Jacobs. Um, basically, grew up in a household where I had uh, an incredible God-fearing mom. She really just led me to the Lord and, and taught me what it was like to have a relationship with the Father. Um, in, in growing up, I was heavy into sports. I did martial arts my entire life, pretty much from eight until even now. And um, around 20 years old, I made a decision to move to Los Angeles. And just like Connor, it's like, yeah, you wanted to, to get into the industry. My sister was already involved. And uh, over time, it just it, it, it got a bad taste in my mouth. And I started recognizing a lot of the wickedness and how it was intertwined with it. And um, I, I, had, I had a coming to God moment and, and realizing that there was nothing there for me anymore. And it, and it led me to, to seek out and to ask God to send me a wife. And, uh, you know, I'm married now and I've been married about 17 years. And God answered my prayers. Uh, thank God. You know, it took about, it was only three months after that prayer that I found my wife. And now we have a beautiful family of three. I have three sons. Um, Zamir, Roman, and Nathan, and uh, it's been such an amazing ride. Just immediately after I got married, uh, we got involved with the church and, and serving with the youth and, and being heavily involved in teaching with the youth. Uh, and as it grew, after about eight years, um, we felt led to, to move on and to join with, with Legacy um, and Jesse, Pastor Jesse, and um, now we're, we're, we're just in a position now where we just really want to get out and, and reach people who are in need. So now we're leading in, in Church on a Go and, and going into the streets, going to our communities and helping the community any chance we get um, and al just allowing the, the love of God to, to work through us the best we can and, and constantly just seeking after Him. It's such an, a great and amazing uh, opportunity to serve our Heavenly Father. And I'm excited as well to just be able to just bring the truth where we're being faced with so much, so many lies and so many ways that it's being twisted. And um, I'm, I, I know that this was something that was put on our heart to even travel to D.C., which was a trek in itself. Mm -hmm. and, and But when we got there, we really realized God revealed to us in so many different ways that we were supposed to be there and that there was something, there was a truth that needed to be told um, and that was being hidden from the majority of people. So, um, yeah, I mean, Amen. it's been, been great. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, as I said earlier, my name is uh, Jesse Bailey. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor for Legacy Family Church, a small family church that is located in the San Fernando Valley. And we have been going strong for just over seven years. We're in our eighth year now as a, as a family. And we believe that the Bible is true. Jesus is Lord. He died for our sins. He's coming back for us. And it's our privilege and responsibility to represent him as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven here on earth and do everything that we can with his power behind us to witness the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was raised in a family of 14 uh, children. That's right. I'm the 10th born of 14 children. So it's kind of funny when you're growing up in a family that big, every time you open your mouth, you are public speaking. So uh, it was it was natural to, to kind of get into um, uh, a field like that. So I, I was always 
uh, speaking and, 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 and teaching and doing those things even when I was when I was young. But I, I felt the call of God when I was in my late teens. Though I had grown up in the church, I had the ex- experience of falling away from God and, and having to discover uh, who he was for myself. And by his grace and his mercy, he brought me back into fellowship, into a, a great church where I came in contact with the word in a real way, met the Holy Spirit, and uh, met my wife. And my wife and I will be married for 20 years uh, coming up this August. I am the father of seven amazing children and grandfather of two. And we enjoy doing ministry together as a family. Just a few months ago, I had the opportunity to be connected with uh, Pastor Rob McCoy. Uh, In the midst of this pandemic, it's been uh, difficult, let's just say, to find people who are like-minded within the church. And uh, knowing the audience that I'm, that I'm speaking to right now, I, I can speak freely and say there are not many pastors like your pastor, Rob McCoy. And, and whether you're watching this um, and you attend God Speak in Newberry Park, or if you're someone who just tunes into the fireside chat in order to observe uh, the, the many conversations that are uh, initiated by Pastor Rob McCoy, you know that he is a rare breed. You all are truly blessed to have a, a, a shepherd who not only teaches and feeds the Word of God, but serves as a protector by standing up for what's right and what's true. And it is times like this and situations like this that really expose the the, the type of people and the type of leaders that uh, we are following within the body of Christ. And so uh, I, I, too, am someone who believes that uh, everything that's going on right now, that there is a, a demonic agenda behind it. There is more to everything that's going on than what is being presented by the media and by many in the political arena. I believe that there is a, a spiritual war that is happening, and it takes bold, strong Christians full of the Spirit of God to stand up and say, hey, we need to fight and wage this warfare in the manner that God has told us to, through the Word, through prayer, and through the sharing of the gospel, and through taking a bold stand within our rights as citizens of the United States of America, but most importantly, citizens of heaven, and demonstrating to this world uh, what it is to stand for truth and, and justice. So I, uh, I applaud Pastor Rob McCoy and the strong stand that he has made. He is a man of the word. He is a very intelligent man, so we give honor to him. And I'm blessed to have been uh, uh, coming to his fellowship and his friendship. He's been a, a great source of strength and camaraderie during this time where I haven't been able to find many other pastors who are willing to open up and say, hey, what's going on is wrong, and we need to continue to assemble and uh, be the church that God has called us to be. Not just the church, the building, not just the church, the social group, but church, the ecclesia. And I know uh, God Speak Church knows what I'm talking about when I say the ecclesia, the calling out of the people into an assembly, the coming together face to face. And uh, I, I appreciate the wonder of technology and our ability to be sitting here on a couch in my office and staring at a camera and speaking to, I don't even know how many people are, are tuning in so far, but what an amazing, amazing uh, gift that we have through technology. But the fact is, is that that does not take the place of the coming together of the church. We are called by God to assemble. And that is what we believe. And I'm, uh, again, so blessed to have uh, a like-minded individual, kindred spirit, and Pastor Rob McCoy, Pastor Rick, and I've also gotten to know uh, Micah Stevens, who is a, a great friend and incredible worship leader over there at God Speak. So truly honored and privileged to be able to, to come together tonight and uh, share a little bit about who we are and what we're going to be uh, talking about tonight. Again, as I'm looking at the clock, we've got about 12 minutes to, to, to kill 
um, before we welcome the the bridge audience in. So in doing so, I wanted to kind of tell you a little bit about the bridge, where that came from, and what the purpose is um, uh, for opening up this this dialogue. First of all, when we talk about the bridge, this is something that God gave me an idea for several years ago, but it was something that I, I, I just didn't feel it was time to do. But when the pandemic hit and all of the things that began putting being put out by the media, all the, the tyrannical uh, rules that were being handed down, especially in the state of California by our, our, our governor, I felt strongly that I had a responsibility to open up, my, open up my mouth and speak the truth of God. So the, the bridge was birthed out of a desire to see truth brought to um, uh, the forefront of the conversations that were, that were happening from a biblical perspective. So when we talk about a bridge, the idea is that we're building a bridge, not so much between different people, but from where people are to truth. Our goal is to get to truth. And if we're all pursuing truth, then eventually we're all going to end up together. If I'm over here pursuing truth and I'm over here pursuing truth, not only are we going to gain truth, but we're going to gain a greater relationship with each other. And any relationship that is based on anything but truth is not real. So we're building a bridge to truth. And there's three principles that uh, we, we operate in uh, at the bridge. Number one, we keep it bold. We believe that we boldly declare the truth. And that doesn't mean that we are that we are uh, brash. Excuse the fire trucks behind us. I have a fire department right down the street from our office, and they always zoom by uh, at different times. So if you hear that, don't worry. The world's not ending or anything like that. It's just somebody's in need of help, and our brave firefighters are on their way. So with that being said, uh, we want to keep it bold. We got to boldly speak the truth. That doesn't mean being, uh, um, you know confrontational all the time, even though confrontation is a part of that. It means that we have the comfort in speaking the truth without fear of rejection or consequence. So we speak the truth regardless of what society and culture is going to say about us. Number two, we want to keep it balanced. One of the things that we have to avoid in these types of conversations are the extremes that human beings can go to. You know, when we go to an extreme, I kind of picture it like a, like a seesaw. If you, if you have a seesaw, if you stand on this side, you just sink and you go all the way down to it. And it doesn't require much strength. You just, you just pick that side and you stand on that side. And the truth is the same for the other side. But we have to keep a balanced view of everything that's going on in the world. That requires you standing kind of in the middle of that seesaw. And that requires a little bit more strength. You know, if you've ever worked out... You, you know, there's certain exercises that you do just standing flat foot. But if you've gone to a personal trainer, they might have you do some weird things like stand on, a, on a, a half ball and try and balance while you're doing certain things. That's because it trains your core to, to be stronger and to figure out what's, what will keep you balanced in any given situation. And that same is true for our core, our spirit, and the way that we think and we approach different situations. We cannot take the easy route and just go to a far extreme and they just plant ourselves there, we have to be willing to bend and flex because uh, truth, as uh, Dr. Ken Malman from Portland Bible College always says, truth is the razor's edge between two opposing heresies, which means that the truth is usually somewhere right there on a very thin and narrow road, just as Jesus said. 
So we have to avoid those extremes and stay balanced in our approach to things. When we hear bits of information, we have to have a balanced, rational approach to it and not try and just jump on because it's in alignment with, with our particular political point of view or our cultural point of view. No, we need to have be balanced and say, wait a minute, does this make sense? Does it line up with the word? Is it factual? Can it be backed up by sources that verify that this is true? So we have to be balanced in our approach. And the third and most important is we keep it biblical. I don't know who's tuning in tonight, if you know the Lord, if you uh, accept the teachings of the Bible, but on the bridge, and I also know that I speak for Pastor Rob McCoy and God Speak uh, Calvary Chapel, that we believe that the Word of God is true, and it forms our reality. It is the lens by which we view everything that happens in our personal life, our political life, and anything that would happen around the world. This is our point of view. And whatever your point of view is, whatever your worldview is, we absolutely respect that and we invite you to be a part of the conversation. However, our worldview is that there is a God who created all things and he demonstrated his love for us by coming to earth and dying on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And in doing so, restore us back to relationship with him so we can know him now in this age and in the age to come have eternal life. That is what we believe, and everything that is taught in the Bible we believe is absolutely true, that it is the foundation of our reality, and that it is uh, a promise from God, and we can rely upon it. So that's just a little bit about the bridge, where, uh, where we come from, and our, and our basic principles. One of the things that is, is distinct about the bridge, and uh, uh, is separated from just a regular uh, church service, where the, uh, where the body of Christ is coming together, is that when we, we come together as the church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the, the purpose of that is the edification of the body of Christ so that we can, we can build up the body of Christ for the work of the ministry. So we focus on the word, we focus on truth, yes, but the, the, at the end of the day, when we stand in that pulpit and teach the word of God, it is for the edification of the church that we might go out and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. On the bridge, the goal is exactly the same. However, we approach it uh, from a cultural point of view. So when we step in the pulpit, we are bringing the word to the people. And when uh, I'm on the bridge, I bring, uh, I bring truth through the scriptures um, by the cultural uh, current events that are happening. So this is on the bridge, we talk more about politics in depth and many other things. But it's always with a biblical uh, point of view and perspective. So with that... I'm just going to be real. I'm going to be honest. I am just going and running my mouth <laughs> until until 7:30. So I appreciate you guys hanging in there with me and and waiting till our bridge audience can jump on. I promise we're going to start right at 7:30. Um, you know, while we're sitting here, um, one of the things that I do on the bridge is I have a live Q and A. This is a live show. It's not pre-recorded. So um, uh, the idea there is that we can have a conversation. It's, it's great to deliver information, but if we can have a conversation, that's something that's, that's extremely important to me, and I think it's important to, to what's going on. So I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to open it up to, to conversation. And the way that we do that on the bridge is you can either text in that information or you can, uh, you can go on and you can type in those, those questions on YouTube. So for those of you who are tuned in and you're watching through uh, God Speaks YouTube channel, you're not going to have the ability to, to uh, put those questions on the YouTube chat simply because um, 
I don't have control over that. We are actually broadcasting through um, my system to Godspeak. So I won't be able to see any of your comments or any of your questions. However, I do have a, a dedicated phone line. And on this phone line, uh, you, can, you can text in your questions and we can address them here. There's also an opportunity for you to text in and say, hey, I'd like to make a comment or, or, or speak uh, live. And, and we have that opportunity as well. So let me put that number up on the screen right now. It's coming up right now. 818-835-4030. 818-835-4030. So if you have any questions during this time together, if you have any comments that you would like to make, you can text those in and I will check those periodically throughout our broadcast uh, so we can answer those questions as we're, as we're going forward. For everyone else who may be tuning in through the bridge or uh, maybe tuning in through the Legacy Family Church website. There's a chat there that we will be checking periodically as well and looking on so we can address any questions that you have, um, any comments uh, that you have as well. Now also we, are, we, we do have a caller that will be calling in tonight. We'll be inviting them in right around the 815 mark who was also present at the, uh, the Capitol there in Washington, D.C. So we'll be able to address, uh, uh, I mean, hear things from, from their point of view and uh, address any any questions with them as well. So it is it is now 7:27. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to open it up for for any questions. If you have any questions for for Trey or Connor or myself before we get in, we've got about we've got about three minutes to where uh, we can do that. So uh, go ahead and let me put that let me put that up on the screen one more time. There we go. 818 818-835-4030. Four zero three zero. So I'm gonna take the phone right now. See, this is real time. I'm not playing. Let's let's have a look. See, see if there's any questions that are coming in. We'll address those while we're waiting for the bridge audience to to jump on. Oh, and just just a reminder. Uh, don't call this number unless you text. I'll call you. Don't call me. I'll call you. That way, uh, that way, I have a way of, of, of vetting things a little bit. So, uh, if you have, if you'd like to talk, talk, or you have any comments or any questions, I prefer text. And then, uh, and then, if you you want to call in, then we'll we'll communicate via text first, and then um, and then we'll let you on. I have no way of filtering anything, so I want to make sure that we're, we're guarding and protecting both the integrity of uh, uh, Godspeak and the and the fireside chat, and also uh, the bridge and anyone who's going to be uh, viewing this. So uh, let's see. Amen. Someone just texting. Glad you are safe. Yes, we we were safe and we were doing well in Washington D.C. Truly, the Lord was with us. Um. Here's a quick question that just came in. Will the three of you be taking the vaccine? Will the three of you be taking the vaccine? That's a that's a good question. Connor. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Um, personally, absolutely not. Um, just from this whole entire entire year researching about the COVID virus and everything, now knowing that it has a 99.9% survival rate, that tells me that I can properly prepare for if I do get the virus. Knowing that I'll have a 99% chance of surviving it, my body will be able to uh, recover that. And, and I grew up 
um, having a personal training business. Well, not grew up having it. <laughs> Out in California here, I've had a personal training business. So I've studied nutrition and exercise science. And I know how to take care of my body and be healthy and, and strengthen my immune system to the point where I don't. I think that's a better vaccine than putting some foreign substance into my body that Amen. haven't they haven't tested long-term effects of it. It was rushed because of just the timing. So that's a long answer to no, I will not be putting <laughs> that in my body for sure. Amen. Trey? Um, absolutely not. Um, I, I make it a point to to do everything I can to eat perfectly healthy and to exercise my like I said, I've been doing martial arts since I was like eight years old. Uh, so, so disciplining myself in, in what I'm eating and, and making sure that I'm not putting foreign substances into my body is, is an absolute for me. Um, and with, a, with this vaccine, you know, I, I make it a purpose so I would be healthy, so I would be able to fight off this virus. And me getting the vaccine doesn't change my contractability to another individual. So whether I have it or not, I can still pass it on to the next person. So that doesn't doesn't really phase me or motivate me to get it. So the best I can do for somebody else is, is teach them how to take care of their body, teach them how to, to eat the proper foods and, and to balance their, their lifestyle so that they, too, can fight that virus. So no, no vaccines in my, for me or my family. Amen. Yeah. Hey, for everybody who's just turning in, it's it's 7.30 right now. I uh, just want to let you know what's going on. We have our Bridge family that's coming online right now to, to see us. Uh, what's happening is is we are having a collaboration between Godspeak Calvary Chapel's uh, live stream called the Fireside Chat and the Bridge um, which is birthed out of Legacy Family Church. So if you're just tuning in, don't worry. You haven't missed anything that we're going to be talking about tonight. We are just introducing ourselves to the Godspeak family and waiting for the Bridge family to join us. So um, if, you, if you just tuned in, again, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, I'm Pastor Jesse Bailey, the host and founder of The Bridge. And to my right is Connor, uh, Connor Coleman. And to my left is Trey Jacobs. And we're going to be addressing uh, what we saw and what really happened in D.C. from our perspective. So we have a great show for you tonight. While we were waiting for everybody to join in, uh, we were just taking some questions. Um, so we've just been uh, addressing a few of those things right now. The question that was just asked was, will you be taking the vaccine? That's a solid no from Connor, a solid no from Trey. And I'll just tell you right now, a solid no from me. Now, I want to say something clearly. I am not a medical expert, and while uh, all three of us have experience in nutrition and fitness and training, we are, we are not experts on vaccines. Um, however, I don't feel that I need a degree in order to uh, discern uh, something that's unsafe. Uh, the, as Connor said, this is something that was rushed, and to be quite honest, I don't trust the people that would make it. We're talking about the same scientists and people that say that we come from monkeys and don't believe that life begins in the womb. So if you can't get those two things right, then I really don't trust anything that you're going to be putting in something that I'm going to inject into my body. There's a lot of things being said about the vaccine. I cannot personally verify any of them. All I can say is that I don't trust that process. But what I do trust is the Lord who created us Amen. with these amazing bodies that if we take care of them, we are able to overcome any sickness and disease that would come into our bodies. So I, I encourage you to do some research on that. Uh, I'm going to take a a couple other questions, and then we're going to get into the topic tonight. What really happened in D.C.? Uh, where in the valley do we meet? We meet in uh, the city of Reseda. We were uh, meeting in a school 
as our as our facility, but because of COVID, that has been shut down. So we are meeting primarily online. However, we do have a private residence that we're meeting in on every Saturday night that can be found on our website, LegacyFamily.Church. Um, how many people do you think were present in DC events? We're going to talk about that in just a second. Great question. We're going to come back to that. Um, from Canada. Hey, greetings in Canada. So glad you guys are, are joining us. What is your take on Prime Minister Trudeau? Who? Well, we, we're getting into all types of things. Um, let me say this. I do not know him personally. And to be quite honest, I don't know a whole lot about his politics uh, specifically. However, I do know about his posturing and his position. He is very liberal, as is Canada. And uh, with that, the, the liberal platform is something that is uh, just intrinsically against God. Uh, they are open to things that are contrary to the will of God. And anyone who would, uh, who would advance pr principles and policies that are in direct contrast to the word of God is someone that I will pray for. I will pray that Lord, Lord reveal himself. But it's not someone whose principles I would ever follow or, uh, or promote or get behind. That's right. So that's just, that's from what I know. Do you guys know anything about Trudeau? Pretty much what you just said, that he's yeah. far left. Yeah. What I do know is I have some very good friends who've been friends for several years who are Canadian, and I'll tell you, they love America and are glad they got out of Canada. Now, that's nothing against Canada. I love Canadians, but what I'm saying is that there's a principle that is perpetuated in the type of government that they have that leads to difficulties that's, uh, that some people experience that lead them to appreciate the freedoms and liberties that we currently have in the United States of America. So again, nothing against Canada uh, specifically, but just again, based on what I've, I've heard from him. Um, let's see. Do you think the prophets who said Trump was getting reelected were false prophets? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not here to make any claims about who's false and who's true uh, right now. Right now, it, it is not January 20th. No one has been elected president. So I'm just going to leave it right there. I, I, I hesitate to jump on and say someone is a false prophet or someone is not a false prophet. But I will say this. Just based on what the Bible teaches, if someone prophesies something and it does not happen, then they are a false prophet because they prophesied falsely. So the answer to that would be yes. If on January 20th, Joe Biden is sworn in as the 46th president of the United States of America, everyone who said that Trump would be elected to two terms would be wrong. The only, only caveat I would put into that is this, that if, if for some reason Trump runs again in 2024 and wins the presidency, then technically that would be two terms. So I'm still not going to call anybody a false prophet. If they said, you know, Donald Trump is going to win the election by a landslide, it's going to be obvious to everybody, he's going to be sworn in on the 20th, uh, yeah, yeah, well, if that doesn't happen on the 20th, then we know. So I don't want to say anyone is false or anyone is not false. I will tell you there are, are false prophets on the planet. There are people who get excited about the things that are going on, and there are people who give in to conspiracy theories. Now, that's not to say that everything that is talked about as a conspiracy is, is just a theory. It could be a conspiracy, conspiracy reality. But I'm just saying that there is part of us in our human nature that, uh, like I said when I, when I opened this up, uh, goes to extremes. And they'll believe anything that fits with their extreme viewpoint. So we just have to be careful. We have to be careful with that. 
All right. Uh, I'm going to take one more question. we got a lot coming in. I appreciate you guys interacting. Remember, this is a conversation, not just information. Um, it says, do you think that the Clintons have a relation to Pizzagate? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of people who have uh, good indication to believe that. Um, I'll say this. Anything is, anything is possible, but I don't know. And I hesitate to, to put my stamp on anything that I'm, I, I can't verify. One thing I can verify is all those things that are done in secret, secret will be exposed by the light. Whether in this age or when we stand before the judgment seat of God, all things will be exposed. So I, I, I remember that scripture when I'm, when I'm trying to figure out, are these people doing something? Are they getting away with anything? No one is getting away with anything. The Lord knows all, sees all, and will judge all. And it's a good thing for us to keep in mind, too that the Lord is going to, to look at our actions as well. So uh, I don't know if they're involved in Pizzagate. I don't know if Pizzagate is, is legitimate. Uh, I do know that there are slaves in this world right now, nearly 30 million slaves, uh, many of them involved in sex trafficking. So I know that that is a great evil, and we need to do something about it and stand for that. Um, all right. So with that, we're going to pause on those uh, questions. I want, let me put this up again. If you do have questions, you can text those in to, to this number that's coming up on your screen right now. It's 818-835-4030. So, time to get into it. Let's go. What really happened in D.C.? I'll tell you right now, there is so much to cover. So much that this man went through. So much that... This man uh, witnessed and saw. We had so many videos, so many pictures, so we had to narrow it down to what we were going to talk about. So uh, we just want to deliver what we saw. Now, our goal here tonight is not to say that we are the experts on everything that happened on D.C. We are not. All we are doing is bearing witness to the things that we saw that are in direct contrast to what the media has said and displays a level of hypocrisy. We also want to talk about what do we do now? Now that all this has happened, what are the proper steps for us as believers, for us as citizens of the United States of America, but of course, most importantly, as citizens of heaven, what is our role in this stage of the process right now? So first thing we want to start with is what were some of the experiences that we had in Washington, D.C. that were in direct contrast to what is being reported by the media. You know, it was a it was an interesting thing to be down in the midst of everything that was going on. And we'll kind of tell you our story about uh, from the time we, we were in the hotel to, to getting there and getting back to the hotel. But it was so interesting being a part of everything that happened in that day and then going back to the hotel hotel room, turning on the TV and then hearing everything that was saying. It was very surreal. For me, it became all the more evident how we cannot trust the mainstream media. We've known that, but I, I did not understand firsthand, experientially, how deep the deception goes. How far they're willing to go to manipulate the information and paint a picture that is not true. Having stood there and been a part of it all. And then coming back and seeing it, it was, it was uncanny just to see that. So we want to talk about what were some of the lies and some of the things 
that uh, that happened during during the day. So first, let's just we'll start with our our morning. We got up early. They were opening up the gates uh, to where they were having uh, the rally. This is this is January sixth, by the way. Let me set the stage. Yeah. This is January sixth. This is that Wednesday. We weren't present for all the events that happened on the fifth. Um, uh, Pastor Rick. Um, from God Speak, he was there, and we, we we got to see his experiences today. That was uh, that was wonderful, and you can see that on God Speak's channel. Uh, Pastor Rick uh, had some interviews and some uh, great footage of his experience on January fifth there. So you can go to uh, God Speak on YouTube and and see that. But we were there on January sixth, so we got up early in the morning. Uh, thanks to this guy, we were trying to sleep in because we drove you know more than thirty six hours straight from Los Angeles. Uh, picked up a brother in Indiana and then headed straight to D.C. So we got in about 2 o'clock in the morning, and we were up at about 4.35 that morning so we could get dressed and get ready uh, because this militant guy over here made us do it, so we weren't late, and I'm so glad that he did. So we get up at super early, and we, we walk over to uh, the gates, which were right by the Washington Monument, and by the time we got there, we thought we were going to be there super early. We were there about 6.30 or so. There were already thousands and thousands of people there. It was freezing, and there were thousands of people already lined up, ready to uh, to go in there. And uh, uh, you know, Trey, what what was the uh, just describe the environment? What was the what was the environment like walking there and and uh, arriving? Well, first, just walking is my first time to Washington D.C. So. Walking towards the monument, you know, um, the Washington Monument was um, pr- very surreal, and uh, it was lit, so it's all illuminated, and um, you know, you, there's people walking in front of you with with American flags draped across their back, um, with you know, they have their Trump attire on, but really, it's like such a, a patriotic environment. Uh, and then as we're walking, it didn't take long for you know, the tens of people to turn into hundreds of people, then the hundreds of people to turn into thousands as we're walking. And uh, and we walk upon the monument, and all I can remember saying is, like, where are all these people coming from? Like, where are they coming from? There's so many. There's so many. I've never, ever seen so many people in that. And I had, not everybody had even arrived yet. This was just the people who had just had even more discipline to get up maybe I think they were there all night I don't know because when we got there the the line was still it, it, it was it was listen the line <laughs> wrapped around the Washington monument it was miles just to get in yes it, it was it was it was unreal what we were seeing uh Connor how would you describe just kind of the environment and, and people's attitudes down there Oh man, everyone was so happy and just loving, honestly. And yes. and it's it's crazy to turn on the news and see how Trump supporters are labeled just as racists and and just all this stuff. But being there on the sixth was it, it was truly beautiful. Like I've never seen that many people gathered together, and just it was all just good. It, it was just good energy, and and there was I wasn't looking around and seeing any violence, or I don't think I've heard one violent argument or fights anywhere it it was just crazy to think that there were that many people with no disruption and and bad stuff going on it was just complete it was like everyone was just in harmony there for one vision we were there because we love america we love god and 
you could just tell everyone was there knowing what the mission was. It was just, it reminded me in the scriptures when it talks of being united in mind. Yes. Um, that's what everyone was. It was just, we, we knew what we were there for, and it was for America. And it, it was beautiful. Just the, the moment there was, was beautiful. Yeah. One of the first things that the, the media tried to portray uh, was that there wasn't very many people there. That is not true. We're going to show you some footage in a little bit. But there were thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people that were there. And when you see the footage that we have, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Now, I haven't heard too much about numbers. I think the media realized that they were not going to be able to lie about how many numbers. And the reason I say that is because I have experience with that. You know, as many of you know, uh, Kirk Cameron, who's uh, a member of Godspeak, dear friend of Pastor Rob McCoy, a man that I've come to, to know over the last uh, few weeks, um, uh, I've been participating in his uh, Christmas caroling events that he's been having in the Thousand Oaks area. And I was, I was blessed to be able to, to speak at, at two of them. And one of the things that I noticed is soon as I got home from these events and watching what the media was putting out, as they would say things that, oh, about 75 people got together with Kirk Cameron to, to sing. Oh, it was about 100 people. And I'm looking out, I'm like, wait a minute, there are hundreds of people out singing and worshiping God. There are hundreds of people that have gathered together. So they're always trying to downplay things, to put it in people's mind, like not a lot of people are really together. There really isn't that much unity. Not a lot of people care. And we, we saw evidence of that. Uh, I wasn't able to download the footage off of my, uh, off of my iPhone. I don't know why I wasn't working off the iPhone. But I, there was a, a situation that happened. We were blessed um, to be able to get into the VIP section. So we were about 50 yards away from the stage uh, where everything was happening. So there was, there was a large area where they had a VIP section where certain people were going to be. And then behind that, there was a gate where all the masses were. So we were beyond that first gate, and we were in the VIP section. Because it was a VIP section, there was only a certain amount of people that were allowed. There were areas on the outskirts, on the corners, that were vacant, where you didn't have a lot of people in the seats. And what happened was is a cameraman and an audio man from C-SPAN, they, through their press, press pass, were allowed into the VIP area, and they quickly went to the areas that were empty, and they started videotaping this. I'm watching this with my own eyes. I'll post some of these a little bit later uh, on, on the Bridge um, uh, YouTube channel so you can see. I'll, I'll put together a, a, a whole uh, montage. But you see them, and they're videotaping it. And I'm looking at I'm like, how deceptive is that? Yes. And then they would turn around, and, and on the outskirts of the, uh, the area that we were in, they had gates, and they were not allowing people beyond the gate. So there was grass areas where there couldn't, where no one could be. But on the inside of this gate, there was tons of people. So there's uh, sparse groups of people right here. They turn yeah. around and they start filming that. And in this video, I'm filming that. And I'm going to say, hey, look, this is C-SPAN. They're only videotaping the empty seats yeah. and these, these shots where it looks like there's nobody there. And if you watch the footage, even on Fox or CNN, they're showing the rally and they're, they're looking at everybody over here and then they shoot this shot looking over people and then empty grass behind them as if to say there's nobody here. But then I turn the camera and it looks like, it, it looks like it's CGI. Yeah. There's so oh, yeah. many people oh, and yeah. so many flags, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And again, we're going to show you some footage in just a second. Yes. But one of the first lies that the media is trying to portray is that there wasn't a lot of people there. There were hundreds of thousands of people. I, I, I can't estimate it. I don't have that ability. But it was 
the most amount of people that I've ever seen, and I would put it over a half a million people, to be quite honest. Yeah. When I show you guys the footage, maybe there's somebody out there who's, who's really good at it. But everybody there, they were united. There was no squabbling. There was, you know, there's your people who are going to get a little, you know, uh, super energetic and uh, zealous. You know, th this wasn't a, a group of perfect people. But there was a sense of harmony and togetherness, even in standing in a line for, you know, over an hour and a half just to get in mm -hmm. so we could hear. There was, there was no violence. There was nothing uh, like that. Not at all. So lots of people, no violence. That's the first lie that we want to dispel. The second lie, and this one's very important, very important. The lie that President Trump incited the crowd to be violent. Family, that is not true at all. He, nor anyone who spoke, there was probably about, how many people spoke uh, altogether? Maybe 10, 15? Yeah, 10. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of people who spoke, from Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. To, to Eric Trump mm -hmm. to um, uh, Giuliani. Giuliani spoke. Um, there are many people Rudy. from different organizations who, who, who spoke. And, and the spirit of it was always uh, positive and fighting for, for truth, exposing uh, fraud, standing for, for what's right, and letting our voice be heard. That's right. Trump was the same. Mm -hmm. He never incited violence. Now, President Trump was President Trump, and there were a few colorful words. There was a, a definite show of, of how he felt, which is what a lot of people appreciate. But he never, ever, at any point in time, incited any violence. And we want to pl uh, play a clip for you that maybe you have or haven't seen. Certainly nothing that the mainstream media is going to play. But we're going to show, uh, play the clip of when he encouraged everybody to, to go to the Capitol. So go ahead and, and take a listen here. So we're going to... We're going to... Walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're going to the Capitol. And we're going to try and give... You know, the Democrats are hopeless. They're never voting for anything. Not even one vote. But we're going to try and give our Republicans... The weak ones, because the strong ones don't need any of our help. We're tr going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all for being here. This is incredible. Thank you very much. So there you go. Let me turn this down a little bit. We're echoing here. There we go. That was all he said. At any point in time during the speech, did you hear anything that would incite any type of violence going? Not one thing. Trey? Not even close. If anything, it was to incite acting in peace mm -hmm. and, and going down and, and allowing your voice to be heard by being present. Yes. But not by being violent or doing any kind of action that would warrant destruction. No. It, it, the message was simple. We're going to let our voices be heard, and we're going to let the, the, uh, the Congress know that hundreds of thousands of people are there to represent over 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, 86% of which believe 
that there was fraudulent activity in the vote, and we're not going to here to go over the evidence of that, but you've heard from Pastor Rob McCoy, from Charlie Kirk, and I did a, a show on the bridge a couple weeks ago outlining the, the evidence of fraud. It, it, it was just to let our voices be heard and say, hey, we know what's going on, right. and we are not happy about it. Never was there ever an indication from anyone who spoke that we should be violent. So we want to dispel that right now. Never did the president incite that. And it was it was shocking to hear once the congressional session was brought back in to hear senators say that Donald Trump had incited the crowd. That was absolutely false. They were literally lying through their teeth to the American people inside uh, a congressional uh, meeting to count the electoral votes. They were lying. And they, the thing is, you have to have known that you were lying. You have to have known. He, he had just said it just a few hours before they went on and then accused of, uh, of inciting violence. And of course, they used this uh, he incited the violence as a as a means for uh, shutting down his Twitter account and all these other things because they thought that he was going to stir people up. Never did he say anything like that. So we want to make sure that that's clear. Uh, the next lie was that uh, there was a bunch of ra- this is a bunch of racists <laughs> that were there. You know that bunch of racist Trump supporters there that were inciting this. Now look, out of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, I'm sure there were racists there. I'm I'm sure there were people that are prejudiced and were racist. I didn't see any. Did you see any? I saw no such thing. Did you see any? None. As as a as a black man who walked around and literally stood in the middle of the street and watched thousands and thousands of people walk by me, no one ever said anything to me. And and you'll see in this footage in just a minute just how many people there were and how many flags there were. I know that there's imagery going around on the media with people with Confederate flags. Of all the hundreds of thousands of people that we saw and that we walked by and that we intentionally went around and looked at people, I saw one Confederate flag. Mm -hmm. I saw one Confederate flag. Now, I'm not saying there was only one Confederate flag there, but I'm saying me, who was in the midst of it, in the thick of it, who was intentionally filming how many people were there and looking at everything that was going on, I saw one Confederate flag in the entire group, personally. Not only that... But the diversity of people oh, yeah. that was there was amazing. Just standing in the line that we were in, right. there were so many people of every nation, every tribe, every tongue that had come together to show their support, not just for Donald Trump, but for truth. Amen. People were standing for truth. And that is a unifying factor because it is founded in Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They came together in the spirit of truth. That's right. Man, we saw blacks, Asians. Man, there were so many Chinese people there. Yeah. Shout out to all the Chinese brothers and sisters. I think the Chinese Christian Alliance was there. Yep. And there were hundreds of them. And they were out there and they were shouting of their support of Trump and their support of truth. 
and they were delivering pamphlets of information about the Communist Chinese Party and what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And they, having been delivered from that, now here in America, they appreciated our liberty, they appreciated our freedom, and they were making a stand not wanting the same thing that happens, that's happening in China to come to the United States of America. And they were standing in solidarity there. We saw people, uh, per, we, we had a conversation with uh, uh, some Persian uh, individuals. Uh, there were people from, you know, all walks of life. There are people who are obviously more affluent and had wealth. There are people there who were who were uh, didn't have as, as much wealth. I don't want to say they're poor. I don't know their status, but you could tell that they they didn't have that uh, affluence. Mm -hmm. There was people from all over the place. There was a, a large Latino turnout there. You know, it was it was a melting pot, a beautiful melting pot of every type of person that was out there, and it was a it was a beautiful thing to see. So to stand there and say that these were a bunch of racist Trump supporters who were going in. Mob. A mob. A mob. Yeah. A mob. A mob. Yeah. Wait, wait till you see the video that we show. You're going so to see a group that was up there, and then you see a large mass of people standing on who can't even get up there, and they are not being violent. There are many people yelling to stop, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But there was no... There, there was no... Let me use a... a, 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 a a news media term. There was no widespread racism at this event. Right. There wasn't even there wasn't any spread of racism at all. There was unity and it was beautiful. And there were so many people who were calling on the name of the Lord. So many people yeah. uh, declaring Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yeah. Go ahead. What yeah, you? I was just saying. Say yeah, Go they ahead. were just worshiping in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, in the we as we were walking up when we were leaving the rally, it's like they were worshiping in the middle of that park before you get to the Capitol building. And that w it was just a beautiful thing. There was people, I saw people praying all in all different areas. Um, it just, there was no sign of yeah. of what they were saying. There was, there was no racism that I saw, no. you know? None, none at all. Yeah. I didn't hear one racial slur. Mm -hmm. There was there was not one racial slur thrown at us. And we're going to explain why that's significant because Trey and I, we were right in the mix of it. And we'll explain why we weren't in there trying to break into the Capitol, y'all. But we were right in the mix of it. Connor, you said you were going to join in for something. Yeah, just to uh, hit on what Trey said about people there worshiping. And as Jesse mentioned, they were up there. When I went up there to try to find them, I saw on the on the front lawn of the Capitol building a giant circle of worship. And everyone was worshiping, and a guy was on the mic preaching uh, down in the, in the main street. I don't know what street it is. The main street right in front of the Capitol building. Not Pennsylvania, oh, okay. it was the other one. Uh -huh. But another, just street preacher, just talking about how God is here, that there's a lot of chaos going around, but the reason for this, Jesus is here, he wants to meet you here. So just to see how much Holy Spirit was there, like yeah. God was really speaking to his people there. Yeah. And um, yeah, just hitting on the point of not, it wasn't a racist mob like the media wants you to believe. No. There was a lot of loving people there who... The majority. Oh, yeah. Loving people. The majority yeah. loving Absolutely. people. Yes. Absolutely, and and yeah. there was there was uh, a sense of brotherhood that was there yeah, because we are all was. coming oh, together yeah. in one mind and one accord for for one for one purpose. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was not true. Now, I, I want to show you uh, this next clip. Um, we're going to show you the clip, and then we'll kind of give you a little bit more context. But in this clip, I want you to see the amount of people. I want you to take a look at the, the, the flags that were there. There was a lot of American flags. Yes, there was a lot of Trump flags, but there was the Christian flag and all this. And I want you to look at the diversity of people. Now, this, this video was shot 
from on the Capitol. Trey shot this video when he was up on the Capitol. He was actually trying to stop people from doing what they were doing. So I'll, I'll give you that caveat right now. But uh, go ahead and take a look at this at this film. Um, we did our best to scrub these and make sure that there was no language. But if you happen to hear something in the back, we apologize. We're doing our very best. Um, I'll, I'll try and turn the volume down a little bit. But I don't think there's any on, on this particular one. So let's just have, uh, have a look-see here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. Uh, let me let me go over to absolutely Trump supporters that were up there. But you saw the mass of people that were there. You saw the diversity of people in that in that short clip. Um, so now, having seen that, um, let's talk about why we were up there. <laughs> it's like, hey, there's a pastor on the steps of the Capitol building. You know, there's a, the head of a, a ministry on the steps. What's going on here? So when, when everything went down, uh, Gosh, let's let's back up a little bit. Yeah. After Trump said that speech, let me let me give some timing to this, and we're going to talk about what happened at the Capitol. After, even before, I'm sorry, before he finished his speech, before President Trump finished his speech, I was getting text messages from my wife, who is back in California, saying, "Hey, there's reports that people have broken into the Capitol." So while everybody is still there listening to the President of the United States speak, I'm getting text messages that reports are going out that people have broken into the Capitol. So the rally hadn't even dispersed yet. He hadn't even given that command to, to walk down to the Capitol building yet. So the timing is, is off. Now, that's not to say that there couldn't be uh, people who were in attendance of the rally that had already gone down there. But I'm just saying that the break-ins were being reported before the rally had released and this mass of people made their way down. So the timing is off. So not only did he not incite the violence, the violence was happening before we even got moving. That's right. it, it, it happened way before that. So now we get released. So being excited, we decided to, to go down. So we did not go down Pennsylvania Avenue. We went around the corner, and we went down the center of the mall. And we ran to catch and get ahead of the rest of the crowd. So uh, the, our group that was with us, we ran all the way down. And when we got down there, yes, there were certain people from the rally that had started coming in. But there was already a large group of people who had broken down the first couple barriers and were now right at the steps of the Capitol building uh, at, the, at the gates that were there. So I, didn't, I couldn't see exactly what was happening. So I went off uh, uh, with Connor and I to film the mass of people coming down the street to, uh, to, to fill in this area. But as soon as we left from there... Uh, we, we started hearing things. We, we, we started hearing uh, pops. So Trey and I ran up there because we had heard reports that there were going to be instigators there, possibly from Antifa. And yes, I'm, I'm absolutely certain there were people that were alt-right there as well. You're not going to have that many people and not have some, uh, some extreme mindsets that are right. present. But that, that was by far the minority. Right. 
So we ran up, and we ran up uh, uh, on the on the right side of the lawn of the Capitol, mm-hmm. and we ran all the way up. And while we were running, we were passing through and weaving through people, and they could see our determination to try and get up there. And and they said, "Hey, be careful! Antifa's up there." Now that's what they said. I can't verify who Antifa was, and so when we're talking about what we saw and what we witnessed. There was no way for us to know who was Antifa and who wasn't right. or verify any of that. All we can testify of is the spirit and the mindset of the people that were there and were present. Mm-hmm. So we, we run up the side and we, we get up to the gate and we are right there in the heat of the action on the right side uh, under the scaffolding. Uh, Trey, I just wanted you to explain kind of what was the scene and what was going on. Well, first... You can tell, you could feel the energy changing and shifting the closer that you got to that gate. So as we are further back, everyone is peaceful. There's prayer. There's all that. And as we're getting closer and closer and closer, you could hear the 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 chants. That you can hear how people were like get the gates, get the gates, and they were they were getting excited and trying to rip these gates down. Now at this point, we're we're walking up. And we, we see somebody trying to actually rip the gate down. And we're like, well, we can, we can stop them from doing that, you know. And uh, they, they started trying to get these ratchet straps, you know, the tr- you put on your truck, you tie mm-hmm. things down with. So they wrapped those ratchet straps around the gate and they were trying to pull it. So we were like, no, don't do that. We're trying to, to, to yeah. coax them out of doing that. Yeah. And one thing I noticed and in that situation, in every situation actually that day, is they were resolute. Yeah, you know they had no regard for any words that you would speak. Like they wouldn't uh, even talk back to you. They wouldn't even talk. It's like as, they, if, they they were, even talk as back. if they were mute. You yeah. know, and I and I'm yelling at them. You know, and like and yeah. everybody's yelling, but I'm really yelling at these people. Yeah, and uh, and they were so resolute. They couldn't. They wouldn't make eye contact. It was as if they were in some kind of trance. Like I'm gonna do this. I'm going crazy. Yeah. you know. And so when we go to try to to get the person to to. And not just a person. There was a whole group of them. There was a whole group of people Mm -hmm. that were there that had wrapped this strap Mm -hmm. around the gates to pull it away. And and I I went up to one of the guys when they started wrapping this. Mm -hmm. I said, you're trying to pull that gate down? He goes, oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) And there was such a weird hesitation with him. Mm -hmm. I said, no, you guys need to stop. And Trey went right up to the front. And I was coming from from the back line. So, So Trey was moving towards the front of the gate. And I was coming down the back of the line. And there was a gentleman standing next to me, and yeah. like Trey said, so resolute, and he was yelling and cursing, and he had such a weird cadence to what he was he was yeah. saying. It was almost rehearsed. Yes. It was almost like the lines were rehearsed. And as I was going trying to talk to these people, they were laser beam. They yeah. would not talk back. They would not say anything in return. Yeah. All they were doing was, you know, saying uh, vulgarities towards the police yeah. and shouting, you know, praise yeah. to Trump. And it was the same thing over and over, over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they were all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we go up there and we're trying to stop these people. Trey runs up and then Trey, you can tell them all the joy that happened. After no, that. I mean, definitely not joy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, at that point, you know, we, we had to make a decision whether we were going to get this strap off or get the person away from the strap so they, that the people really, and as we're going to, to actually push this strap off, there's pepper spray that's sprayed and it catches 
obviously in my face, in my eyes, and I'm the one trying to help the situation. Yeah. So at that point, we we, we book it out of there. We're yeah. like, oh, we got to get out of here. I'm, my face is on fire. Yeah. And I can't if you've see. never been pepper sprayed, it's not fun. No. I I, I happened to turn yeah. just in time and get my hand up, and it got on my hand, and my hand was burning for 24 hours after yeah. washing it off and everything. So this brother took it right to the face yeah. the first time in the eyeball. Now when we when we when we moved away from there. Uh, I we came up around on the other side and we climbed yeah. up on a wall and I was yelling. I was like, "You guys need to stop it!" I was like, "Get them away!" They had, mm-hmm. they had moved back, but then to my left, there was somebody there, and they kept yelling the same thing. They say, "Everybody advance! Everybody advance!" There was an instigator there, absolutely, and they were telling these people, and most of the people weren't moving. Yeah. But then a select group of people. If I was going to describe the 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 look, mm-hmm. the demeanor. The actions of Antifa, this is how I would imagine it to be. They were very focused, very militant. They they stood out in the way that they dressed. Many of them had goggles. Many of them already had helmets. Now, there were some patriots there. They, they came dressed up in their garb. You know, they were representing whatever group they were in. But these guys, they were strategic, and they responded to the voice of whoever was yelling. Of whoever was yelling. Mm-hmm. All the other patriots were, were standing there, but they were responding to the one that was yelling, get in there, advance, and they moved forward. And I said, hey, we got to get down there and stop them. Mm-hmm. So we came around, tried to come around at a different angle, and then that's when we got hit, uh, hit with the tear gas. So a tear gas went off right by us mm-hmm. and got in our face, and our eyes started to burn. We took it in, we were starting to cough, and it was very unpleasant. So we moved down away from that side, mm-hmm. and then we, we, we tried to go up uh, the middle. So while we're going up the, the middle, we, we took notice of a few things. Number one, there were instigators, people who were egging people on in strategic locations all around the front. Yes. Uh, I confronted two of them, um, but they were strategically placed. There was a woman who was literally pushing people, saying, everybody get up there, everybody move forward. There was a wall that was there, mm-hmm. and you had to climb over it. And they had people, again, I cannot positively identify who was Antifa and who wasn't, but the resolute, the, the, that resolve that they had and the focus that they had and the strategy that they had was right there. They had put ramps up and they were helping people up, everybody up. This woman was in, telling people, move up, move up, move up, directing traffic. Now, there were absolutely Trump supporters there and people got wrapped up in it. They absolutely yeah. got wrapped up in the moment and they just started listening to the voice of a stranger, That's if right. I could be honest. And, and these people were very demanding and they were very loud and they were very determined. Mm-hmm. So I... I confronted her, she, uh, and they're like, "Move over! It's time to take take the uh, take the capital. You know, this place is ours. This is our capital." And I said, "Hey, I said, hey, that's not how we operate. Right? That's not gonna that's not gonna do any good." And I started to speak to the people around us, and she stopped and she looked at me like, uh, "No, this is what we got." And went right back to it. Went back to her cadence. There was another gentleman. You, you saw him. He was standing up on the wall, yes. and he had a megaphone. And he was yelling and screaming at people, mm-hmm. get up here, get up here, everybody move, everybody get closer, push everybody forward, climb the wall, push, push forward, forward. Yeah. push forward, push forward, yeah. push forward, push forward. Again, can't positively identify what they were, mm-hmm. but it was different from what we felt when we were down with yeah. everyone just, else. Just like, day. what, 20, 30 feet back. 20, 30 yeah. feet back, it was yeah. completely different. Right. Now... You could argue the point that, of course, the people who were more charged would be the ones that were more forward about it. But it was just interesting how that was how that was happening. Mm-hmm. Now, in the very middle of the uh, the first level there, as you as you went over that first wall, there was a media tower that was put up for the inauguration. 
And on this media tower, there was another instigator on top. Mm-hmm. This person also had a megaphone, and they were di- uh, directing traffic on both sides of the entrance. They were literally yelling out, everybody, climb that scaffolding. Everybody, get up the scaffolding. Take up those seats on this side. Take up the seats. What are you doing standing there? You need to move. You need to get up. And I was like, wow, that's not okay. So I actually went to climb the media tower to take the megaphone from him so I could start calming people down. So uh, Trey uh, went up first, and he went to move to get up onto the platform uh, which is where he took the shot that you guys just saw to start calming people down and moving them away from the police because mm-hmm. they had gotten all the way up to the to the top window there and started trying to get in, but the police brought them back down yep. and they set up a, bait, uh, a gate and a barrier and there were some people who were trying to, to get over that gate and, yep. and break things down. So Trey went up to try and stop that and I was going to go up and try and get uh, the megaphone from that individual and and start trying to calm the crowd. So I went up on one side to try and climb it, but it was so stacked with people I couldn't get up. And then I went around to the other side, and I wasn't able to get up on on that one. So I kind of stayed in the middle there trying to calm people down. But again, there was another instigator. He was a, a gentleman dressed in all black in a black trench coat, waving an American flag. And he was inciting people to keep coming up and keep moving forward. And mm-hmm. I confronted this individual and said, hey, this is not right. This is not how we do things. And he's like, this is America. This is our." And they kept saying the same thing. This is our building. That was another thing, Kaden. This is our building. This is our building. So it was just interesting, uh, the things that were being said and the types of people that were there that, again, consistent with a lot of the things that I've seen on uh, uh, about Antifa and the way they operate, the the level of uh, organization that was there, their resolve, and then uh, the consistent cadence to the things that were being said by different individuals. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Trey, tell us about what happened when you went up to the top. So as I'm getting to the top, I'm noticing that even the people who are on the top, there, you know, there's moms up there, there's you know, grandpas up there, there's all different types of people at the top, and the police are just standing there now, and nobody's you know being aggressive. And then I I make my way across the top, and I'm seeing that there are a few people who are once again instigating against the police, yelling obscenities to the police. And, you know, I felt I felt led to, to put it into that because, one, specifically, there was two gentlemen that were trying to, to jump over the barrier again. And and the police were standing there. There was like 15 police at the top. They weren't trying to, to push anybody down at that point. I even had a conversation with one of them, and I asked, asked him, so what's going on from here? And he was just like, eh, I don't know. And he and they, so they were just standing there cavalier and, and, you know, just making sure that nobody was being violent. Well, there was a couple that wanted to be violent. Is you could tell that that was their intent. They were there to, to hurt, and, and they were saying things to the police officer that I'd rather not say, that it showed that they wanted to hurt them. Well, there was a part where he was having his foot and trying to step onto the platform where the police officer was, and the police officer was just standing there with a whole canful of, uh, of pepper spray. This is like a water bottle size of pepper spray. And I'm like, yo, put your foot down. Put your foot down. Leave him alone. Let him do his job. And he's like, oh, no. He says what he's going to say to him and whatnot. And he's threatening the police officer. And he doesn't even break focus. Like, I'm saying here. So I start pushing this guy's leg to get him to, to, to back up. The police officer's, you know, he's he's actually, you know, signaling to me, that's fine. Just get, get him back or whatever. And as I'm pushing him back. The guy reaches out and rips off the top of the pepper spray. The whole entire canister blows up into my face. 
and now I'm in the most agonizing pain you could ever imagine. You imagine the whole entire can blows up in your face. And so at that point, he gets away from the police officer. The police officer's gone, and, and, and I'm hoping that he was safe as well. And I have to make my way down in a blind array. Thank God that somebody helped me down to the, to the ground so I could tend to my my uh, my injuries. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, anyhow. But it, what, what I noticed when I was at the top one, that I needed to make sure that everybody could see that this was not just a couple thousand people. That this wasn't, you know, 5,000. It wasn't 10,000 people. You know, easily hundreds of thousands of people were there. Easily, the majority of the people, as you can see in all the videos and all the pictures, were there peacefully and standing their ground and just wanted their voice to be heard. And then there was those people who were violent and that were trying to, to be a problem for the police officers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there were also, it's not like we were alone. No, you know, there were like, many people trying to stop them. <laughs> right. So, there were many people. It wasn't like we were the heroes. We don't yeah. want to paint that picture. Like, we were the only ones standing. No. There were many people saying, hey, you guys stop. Hey, people draw back. Yes. And some people began to listen. And, and, you, and, and I could tell the difference between those who were just kind of going along the with trance, the flow yeah. and, and just doing what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. And then those who were resolute and determined and trying to incite people to do it. Again, I'm sure that there were alt right there. I'm sure that there were zealous uh, patriots mm-hmm. who, uh, supporters. But I also know that there was a there was a rhythm to many of the people that we confronted, uh, and in a in a in a kind of team effort yes. that was that was present. Mm-hmm. So again, now this is not to excuse anyone who went into the Capitol and did what they did. That yes. that was wrong. Anyone who got in there and and, and broke in, we don't condone that at all. Mm-hmm. That is not how we operate as believers. That we, we, We're supposed to have something that distinguishes us from the world. That's right. And we need to make sure that we maintain that. We have to maintain that peace and that order and, and let the authorities do what they are called to do. We as the people and we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a different role. God has people in places of authority who can exercise that uh, uh, authority. They have the sword. They still have the sword to execute vengeance on those who would do evil. Mm-hmm. And we need to let them do their job, and we do our job according to the scriptures. And I know people are zealous, and people are mad, and people are upset. I'm mad and upset, too. I got tear grassed and, 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 and pepper sprayed, mm-hmm. you know. But we need to do things in proper order, the way that God has ordained them to, uh, to happen. Yeah. So we don't condone that we, a, a, at all. Now, the interesting thing is, is again... They had gotten to the Capitol building long before we ever got there. And it was curious to me how they had so quickly broken in when everybody was still at the rally. Right. Well, I, I want to show you some video. Perhaps you've seen it. Perhaps you haven't. Um, and I, I want to give you a couple of disclosures. I do not know where this video came from. I do not know the source. I'm not saying that this is absolute truth. However... If a picture is worth a thousand words, there are millions being spoken in this one. This is a video that has been uh, floating around the internet. Most of it has been taken down now. But it shows a group of supposed Trump supporters being escorted into the Capitol, along with photographers, ready to pose for all these uh, pictures and videos that so quickly ended up into the hands of the mainstream news. So let's, I want to run that video right now. Let's just have a look here. It's going to take me one second to get it all, all set. 
Uh, I'm going to turn it down because there is some language on this, but um, but I think you guys will kind of get the point of what's of what's happening here. So you see people going into the Capitol, and they're not breaking in. They are walking in to the Capitol. And as they're, as they're walking in, look to the left and to the right. They're going to pan over to the right in just a second. Look, that is, a, that is a police officer. That is a police officer. That is a police officer. Another one. Another one. Holding the door open for these individuals. All in Trump gear. All of them. And, and I, I wish I could turn it up, but there is some cussing, and I don't want to do that. But they are all shouting the same cadences that we were hearing at the front of the Capitol. Look at that police officer helping that lovely woman up the stairs so they can go into the Capitol. There's a photographer there ready to take the pictures. And now, there they are. It's crazy. This was, my personal belief is that this was all staged. This was absolutely staged in order to make Trump supporters look like violent individuals. Again, there were absolutely a very minute few who were there who would gladly have participated right along with Antifa. And that's one of the things that we, we need to understand. That extreme is extreme. If you're extreme for this person or you're extreme for this person, then you're going to do extreme actions. So it's almost like these alt-right guys and these Antifa people, they're cut from the same cloth. They're just waving a different flag. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. But the majority, the vast majority of the people there were peaceful and, and, and loving. And the news media has blown it out of proportion because they have a bias against the conservative Christian movement. They absolutely do. And that's one of the other things that we wanted to highlight is the hypocrisy right. that is being displayed by the news media and the left during this time. Uh, I would like to recall and go back to June of this year when we had riots happening all over the country that were, that were violent. We had over 30 people killed in these riots. We had buildings burning. We had looting. We had mass destruction, and the news media was continually justifying their actions. Right. Continually. It went to the point where in Seattle, we saw Chaz established, where Antifa and leftist groups had moved in and taken over the city for over a month, burning certain areas, graffitiing all over the place. And there was a, a tremendous amount of destruction that was happening. I want to play a video for you real quick. It'll take me just a minute to get it set up. But I, I want to show this to you. This is, this is the chief of police in Seattle who is testifying of what's been going on in the city. So let me just play this for you real quick. I, I think we'll... Let me get the audio on there. After just over five minutes to about 18 minutes, rapes, robberies, and all sorts of violent acts that have been occurring in the area, they were not able to get to. So it is not a right 
so as not to be ridiculed before our officers here. Chief Best spoke with protesters several times, and she and Command Snack evaluated the building and found someone did breach the facility. Uh, there is some damage, and it clearly is a mess around here, so we need to do a lot of things. Um, our 911 uh, response time has tripled in the area. There's not the weekend of five minutes to about 18 minutes. Rapes, robberies, and all sorts of violent accidents have been occurring in the area that we're not able to get to. All right. So in that video, you see everything that was happening. And the, and the chief of police is talking about rapes and murders and all these things that are happening in the middle. And there were weeks where the politicians on the left would not even acknowledge that it was happening. They were saying that it was a rumor, that it was a myth, and that this wasn't even happening, even though this was happening right in front of their eyes. This was a complete takeover and occupation of an entire city, and yet the liberal fake news had very little to say about it. In fact, Kamala Harris came on in August, after all this had happened, and said that these are going to continue. And let me tell you, they are going to continue. Up until the election and after the election, these, this is going to continue. And it should, she said. Yeah, and, and it, it should. should. Encouraged right. it. Yeah, I, I wanted to pull up that clip. We were having a hard time finding that, that clip. Again, I'll, I'll post that a little bit later so you can see it. But there is a tremendous amount of hypocrisy here. Yes, we had some, some people, Antifa or not, storm the Capitol. And this is being labeled as the greatest travesty. Yet we've had entire cities under siege for weeks and weeks. And there's very little said about it. In fact, I want to show you another clip, just how the media portrays those types of events. Let me, uh, I, I believe we, I believe we have it, uh, nope, not right there. I'm sorry, that's the one that we, we weren't able to, to download. But in this video, you see a, a, a newscaster, and behind him are burning, fiery cars. <laughs> and gunshots, gunshots going off. And then they play this video of people throwing things at police officers, water bottles and, and rocks. And in Those the midst of this, days. on the bottom of the screen, it says, fiery protest, but mostly peaceful. <laughs> this guy is saying, this is mostly peaceful. Is it's burning behind him. Gunshots going off. People running through the streets. <laughs> video of it. And they're saying, but it's mostly peaceful. And yet we have... Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people supporting truth and uh, uh, Donald Trump. And we have a select few. I believe the number that they have now is 68 that, uh, that entered into the Capitol, whether invited in or broken. We'll leave that to, to, uh, for you to decide. And then they, they cover it as if these Trump supporters are just so violent. When we had weeks and weeks of violence and death and burning and all those things. Now, I want to be fair and like uh, our principles of the of the bridge go. We want to be balanced. Yeah. Listen, there were peace, peaceful protesters out during many of those Black Lives Matter 
protests. Not everybody there was violent. Just as Trey and I were trying to stop people from breaking windows on the Capitol and rushing the gate and climbing the scaffolding, there were people who were trying to keep others from breaking the windows. See, one of the things that we have to understand is, is that there are passionate people who believe in these principles on both sides, but there are instigators who are trying to get us to war against one another. They are trying to incite violence and to paint a picture that is not accurate. They want us to believe that everybody who believes that black lives matter or is a part of that movement is violent and evil and wants to do wrong. And likewise, they want everyone to believe that everyone that was at that Trump rally were a bunch of racists and all these other things. Joe Biden put out a very irresponsible tweet not long after that in which he stated that if those were Black Lives Matter protesters, everybody knows things would have been a lot different. In my opinion, that is a very foolish and divisive statement to be made by the president-elect who wants to come in and make unity and peace. Mm -hmm. To continue to cause division by saying that these police officers would have treated Black Lives Matter protesters differently because of the color of their skin. Well, guess what? I was right there. Trey was right there interacting with the police. Right. Many of them were doing their job. Many of them, who knows what job they were given to do. But to say something like that is hypocritical, inaccurate, and divisive. It should never be said, especially by someone who is supposed to come in as President of the United States and bring unity. That is hypocritical. And the, the reason we're sharing all of this with you is because we want to direct you back to God. That we would remember that we need to look to God for our truth and for answers and not to believe the mainstream media. That's right. You know, the First Amendment gave us the freedom of press for one reason, accountability. The press's job is to expose and help us, the people, have a clear and transparent view of what's happening in and around our nation so that we, the people, can make informed decisions. However, that has been infiltrated, and we are seeing them lie and deceive and operate at a high level of hypocrisy. They, have, they no longer do their job. Between the fake news and big tech, who is now censoring everyone, Parler, which that video that we showed of people breaking in was released on, was now bullied and shut down on uh, on. Apple iPhones and Google and everything else so that people do not have the ability to get true, unbiased uh, information. So the media's depiction of what's going on is a violation of our First Amendment right to a free press that gives us unbiased information. They have become nothing more than a propaganda machine pushing a globalist agenda. And that is just the truth. When we're sitting in our, in our hotel after all of this has transpired and the congressional hearing comes back on and we're watching this and every time a senator who gets up to speak, it's their turn and they're going to object to the electoral votes, they go off on some other story or talk over them so you can't hear the information that they're saying. That is a bias. And that is a violation of our First Amendment right to have a free press mm -hmm. who 
delivers us raw truth without opinion. That is what we're seeing right now. The press is being used as a weapon against the American people. And it hurts my heart dearly to see so many believers buying into it. At our church, I've just began a, a series called Spiritual Warfare, Engaging in Spiritual Warfare. If you haven't noticed, there's a war going on, and it is engaged spiritually. Today, I talked about the battlefield, which is the mind, and how our minds uh, are, are, are influenced in our thoughts, just as a, as a river is influenced. Over time, the water carved out pathways that these rivers flow down. In the same way, the, the thoughts that we have carve out a pattern of thinking that we have. Mm-hmm. And if we allow the media's false narrative to wash over our mind, it will carve out a way of thinking that is contrary to the Word of God, contrary to truth, and we'll be locked in on that, and it's a hard place to get out of. And this is something that we're seeing with many believers today. It it baffles me that there are so many Christian believers that believe the news media and will listen to them before they listen to the voice of the Word of God or to the voice of the pastor. It blows my mind that people have turned their back from listening to uh, pastors who preach the truth of the Word of God and turned to listening to those who would express their opinions on Facebook and social media and on the fake news. This is why at our church, at Legacy Family Church, we have declared a fast for the month of January and we are shutting down all social media and all media altogether so that we can have a good reset on our mind and trust that the Lord is going to take care of everything. So now, what do we do? Where do we go from here? We're going to answer that and some more of your questions in just a second. However, I want to get in uh, in touch with a gentleman who is actually there and and present. Um, He should be be texting uh, and calling in, in in just a little bit. But while we're waiting for him, I'm going to go to the questions. Let me put up that, uh, that number again that you can text in. It's area code 818-835-4030. You can text any comments or questions that you have into that, and we will get, uh, get back to you. So um, let's take a couple of these. Um, it says, have you heard the latest news about the Pope being arrested, the, the president being placed in bunkers, and 10 days of darkness starting tomorrow? I've heard a lot of different things. I've heard all different types of stories. But it's at the point now where, like I said, there's extreme people on both sides. And a lot of people are, 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 are looking to hold on to, to hope. And we should hold on to hope. We, don't, we just don't quit and stop believing that God can do something amazing and answer the prayers of his saints and have mercy on this nation. We don't stop that. But I also don't start believing everything that I hear just because it popped up on the Internet. If those things are actually happening, then I'll leave those in the hands of the authorities that are going to be overseeing them. But if they're not happening, I, I'm not going to spend my time looking into and, and banking all these things. There is one thing and one thing alone that we put our faith and our trust and our confidence in, and that is the promises of the Word of God, because He is not a man that He should lie. Right. He and He alone deserves that attention. So um, I'm going to put a pause right there. 
we have uh, we have a gentleman, Casey, who was there president, uh, president, present in, in Washington, D.C. We have him on the line right now. I'm going to I'm going to put him on speakerphone. And I want you guys to, to welcome uh, Casey to uh, uh, the fireside chat and the bridge. Uh, Casey, I'm going to turn you up. Uh, and there you go. Casey, welcome to the bridge. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This is uh, awesome. I've been enjoying all y'all's perspectives and point of views, and it really shines a, a, a good light on what really happened. So I appreciate this. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share my experience because, you know, like, I think uh, just like y'all, I want to share the truth. I want to get the truth out there and shatter this narrative. <clears throat> and so I arrived on the 4th. I was mm. there from the 4th and I left on Friday. So I got a really good experience. Now, the only difference is I was not at the Capitol. So mm-hmm. I love that I can hear from the horse's mouth what happened with y'all. Now, for me, on uh, on Monday when I arrived, I got there by myself. I traveled alone. And when I got there, I was like, you know what? It's about 4, 4.30. It's about to get dark. Let me go well, walk to the the cap. I mean, the White House real quick. I want to see the White House. You know, I have this newfound love of patriotism and you know embracing citizenship so much that you know I want to see these monuments and stuff like that. So I walk over there and then I notice already, y'all. I see these you know people. I won't give them a name yet, you know, but I see these people who are just you know very aggressive in their demeanor and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh shoot. So the more I walk uh, towards you know closer to the White House where they still have it guarded and everything like that. They begin to tout, you know, like, and just start yelling and being aggressive. Put your mask on. Put your mask on. I'm just like, whoa, calm down, calm down. First of all, you know, I'm a good distance of y'all, so y'all can just back up. You know, we won't have any problems. So then I took my video out, which I, I couldn't, you know, send to you because it's a little, you know, uh, extra when it comes, you know, uh, <laughs> when it comes vulgar. to their behavior. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm just like, okay, back up, back up. So the police, they, they are there. They, they put their body cameras on. And so, y'all, I mean, they're just cussing at me. I mean, they're just going, I mean, just complete vulgar character. I mean, it was just a disgrace. And I'm like, wow, I'm really experiencing this live in person. So, you know, I got it in, on camera. So there's so much so that the police did look out for me. I will give them kudos. They're like, hey, you know what? Here, just so they look, they look at the barrier. I came through. I got an actual good, you know, access to the White House, you know, a better picture. And so anyway, so I end up uh, going home, uh, going back to the hotel that night. I went to the gas station uh, across the street, got a gallon of water, come back. I see some patriots outside. I'm like, you know, let me just try this. I don't know nobody yet. Uh, <clears throat> we gonna stop this still tomorrow because this is Tuesday. This is kind of the pre-events uh, to, to the 6th. Right. So on the 4th, okay, <clears throat> I'm like, we gonna stop this still. They're like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you, you're, you're a patriot. Well, yeah, da, da, da. So we having a good time already. So they embrace me so much, y'all. I have never experienced such a true, I mean, love. I mean, I've experienced it before, but among strangers, that I've never felt such a great energy, a great love, a great embrace for somebody that you've never known in your life. But at the end Amen. of the day, it felt like Amen. we've known each other for years. I mean, it was like a big family reunion. Mind you, the entire time from Monday to Friday, I did not know a single person, but you would think that I knew them forever. That's how much of a great response and just great family, you know, uh, environment di- uh, di- that, was there. that it was. And, and Casey, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but 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 that goes right along with what with, with Connor and, and and we were saying earlier that there was such a a, a, a peaceful and uh, loving and uh, environment that there was a real sense of, of brotherhood and everything. So so let me ask you: um, Was there anything um, that really stood out to you as peculiar? In your days there on the fifth, or or, or or your experience on the sixth during the Absolutely. the main rally, what were, what were some of the peculiar things that stood out to you? 
All right, so check it. Monday, I experienced a, a group of people that was just, a, a, you know, a, a negative energy. Tuesday, I experienced the exact same thing that was a bit uh, enhanced. Uh, and then Wednesday, it was like, wait a minute, where is that opposition at? And it, it kind of concerned me because I'm like, okay, something's happening. I'm not a fool. I'm not naive. However, I'm just kind of like, okay, this is a great environment to be, you know, as we, you know, we get up that morning, like y'all said, we get, I, I'm thinking I'm getting there early. And then it's just like all these swarms of people already there. Yeah. So peculiar. I mean, it was just things like, you know, I think y'all touched on it where y'all described these people's demeanor and it's like, uh, but I didn't get none of that at the rally. None of that. So that shocked me because right. I'm thinking all these people that I've just met, there's no way these people have the mentality to go down to this thing and storm this thing because I've been there since since Monday. Nobody has mentioned anything about what the plan was going to be, be to go, go storm this and destruct this and all that. Now, I did talk to some people who did say, you know, I went in. You know, and I, they, I, you know, I, I grabbed a fire extinguisher. But, you know, let's, let's be real. Let's be transparent. Mm-hmm. They said, I grabbed a fire extinguisher. She's a patriot. I grabbed a fire extinguisher, but I never would have grabbed it if the glass wasn't broke. And I'm just like, okay, so, <laughs> the, you know, you, you make a good point. And so they were just like, but we didn't destroy nothing. We, you know, so I thought that was really interesting. So to, to see so, that so distinction. Wait a minute, sorry to cut you off, but you, you actually spoke to someone who had, who, who said that they had gone in and uh, admitted that they <laughs> grabbed a fire extinguisher and everything. I did. Yep, I did. Just wow. trying to keep it 100. Because but, like but you what said, are the things- all, all, everybody wasn't perfect, but at the same time, they weren't just destroying things like we just ain't got no home training like that. But, you know, you you know, they are influenced by those agitators and those, you know, yes. uh, uh, instigators. And so I think that's what the, the, the difference was. Now, just, you know, the peculiarness, I think, was just the, 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 the part where you can just really see the stark differences. So for me, I was questioning, okay, I, I met with a hostile group on Monday. I saw the hostile group on Tuesday. Now, where are they at on Wednesday? So I started to draw some, you know, some questions of, you know, why were people let in so casually? So I started to realize that, you know, because I'm watching this at this point. Uh, I'm into, So after the rally, like y'all said, it was great. It was such a great energy. There was no way, some, no how that people would have left that rally to be like, yeah, let's go and, you know, mess some stuff up. Like, exactly. at, not, not at all. So, you know, that, that tears down that, you know, uh, theory or that uh, proper gender. Right. Casey, uh, I want to go. I want to go back just a little bit. My bad. Okay. No, no, that's all right. So one of the one of the key things that I that I'm hearing that you're bearing witness to is your your experience with uh, several different groups that you had encountered leading up to the six and their their reactions to you, um, realizing that one, you're a patriot. Um, two, obviously, you're a no-masker. They kind of are synonymous at this point. And, uh-huh. and you're noticing of that type of environment in and around the city. But yet, on the day of the, of the rally, you're noticing that that element seems to be now mysteriously absent that was very present in the days before. So it almost gives the impression that these uh-huh. people were absolutely there and present in the city. And that there was a, uh, a disappearance of some sort of them. Uh, later on, um, which could give indication that they're 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 again people in the city. They had a, a plan and a purpose. But one of the things that you testified as well was that um, there were people that were patriots that did go in. And I think it's important to note that because we don't want to try and give the false impression that everybody who was there supporting Trump was perfect and uh, it was only done by the wicked, evil people that were infiltrating. It's a it's yeah. it's. The, the, again, truth is the razor's edge between two opposing heresies. Both of those things are, are true. 
Hey, hey, Casey, we gotta uh, we gotta go. Thank you so much for calling in, brother. I want to connect a little bit more and get more information from you so we can connect and maybe do a show in the future. But thank you so much for calling, brother. We're gonna take some right, questions sure. right now. All right, absolutely. Thanks. All right, man. Take care. Bye bye. Wow. So there's testimony there of an an absolute element present in the city that was witnessed by a gentleman who had been there for several days beforehand that just happens to coincide with uh, our experiences, what we saw and what we felt on the Capitol. So um, we're going to take the next... I know we're going long tonight, and I appreciate you guys being on. I just want to hit up a couple more questions uh, before we leave. Um, Let's see. Amen. Thank you for the blessings and the encouragement. We appreciate that. Um... Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. A lot of encouragement. We appreciate that. Um, amen. A lot of encouragement. I, I, I thank you for that. Um, so the uh, the announcement of uh, Vice President Pence and Pelosi invoking the 25th Amendment. Um, my opinion on that, the Lord's will be done. I will say that's a little peculiar that now that they've cast all the votes and Joe Biden is going to be sworn in on January 20th, according to their votes, that they feel it necessary to now impeach Donald Trump only days ahead. To me, it sounds like they're afraid of something. I can't verify that. I'm not going to answer that, but... That's what it seems like. The only reason they would want to get him out of there is if they're scared he's going to do something that would put them in a bad position uh, before he leaves. Now, some people who do not like Donald Trump might say, oh, he's going to set off all the nuclear warheads. Uh, I don't I don't think that that would be the case. Um, how did you know, come to know about the gathering on the 6th? Uh, just through word of mouth. What was the purpose for going, the goal? So our purpose for going was one, to stand in agreement and fight for truth. I'm not there because I love Trump. I'm there because I love truth. And I believe that this election was not true. And I wanted my opinion to be voiced, and I wanted it to be heard, and I wanted my children to know that when when we came to this pivotal point in this nation, that their father stood for something and to serve as an example to them and to the flock of God that God has put me in in, in charge of uh, as, uh, as a shepherd and overseer. And I, I wanted to witness what was going to happen that day. I wanted to, to be a witness so I could bear witness to it. Uh, Connor, how would you answer that? Why would you? Why were you there? Yeah, number one, I, I really felt like I like God was pulling me to go there. Like I, I didn't want to go honestly. I didn't want to drive across the country and and take time away from business and and. I wasn't really motivated to go. I would say I was inspired to go and that God was really leading me. And on a personal level, like just life-wise, I did feel the same way of wanting to go see what was going to happen with my own eyes so that I could know personally what it really was, what the truth was. And then I would have truth to compare to what the media was going to say about it. Mm-hmm. And from that point, I could say, yes, they're telling the truth about this event or no. And it, it was obvious that the answer was no, they're not telling the truth about it. But that, that is why I went, is, is to get a firsthand view and, and to stand in agreement and support our president and, and our constitution, really. like Throughout the past 
ever since the election night till now, all we've heard from the news, there's no evidence of fraud. There's no evidence of fraud. It's like they're trying to beat this into our minds day after day. There's no evidence of fraud. And yet, if you look for it, there is. And there's plenty of it. And it's being exposed all over the place. And if you want to know, if you really want to know what the evidence is, look for it. And Pastor Jesse did a did a whole episode on the fraud last week. Yeah. Watch that if you really want to know the the evidence. So I, I do believe that the election was fraudulent and, and they were che- they were cheated. So that that added just um, just a reason to go and, and show support. But it, it was deeply spiritual for me. I, I really believe that God was leading me to go there, and I'm very glad I did, so that I can go tell people now from a true place of look i was there with my own eyes i saw what happened there and what they're telling you is not true yeah so stop believing this stop watching the news yeah man it's yeah they're lying yeah we're being lied absolutely lying trey what was what was your your motivation real quick what was what Uh, motivated you to go well definitely didn't want to go and put myself out for a week of just driving and getting there but but I, it was fun. I, I felt we ended up having time. a good time. <laughs> I, I felt led. I felt led to to support my country as a as a patriot, and you don't have opportunities to be able to to let your voice be heard. And when you see fraud, you should stand up for that. So, it, the Bible is very clear that we should support justice. And there was a, a great injustice that was going on that was happening to us all. And when I saw just countless things after end over end. You know, when you went to, to, to speak with Kirk Cameron and they're saying, you know, you know, 75 people. And I'm like, wait, that's yeah. that's way more than 75 people. And then I myself have, have been on, you know, uh, have been interviewed by news stations and they have turned what I have said into something completely different than what I've actually said. I knew that this was an opportunity for for us to, one, support our 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 nation and support our republic and our president. And I, I, I wouldn't miss that for the world. I, I knew that it was something that it was a, that God was calling us to do. And, um, and I, I wanted to be able to, to record and to document what was really happening so that people wouldn't think, oh, whatever the news is saying, that's true. Because they have, you know, so many different camera angles or they're in the press box or whatever it is. We could expose the truth and, and expose the lies, really, and, and propagate the truth. Yeah. And that was very important for me. Amen. Um, here's a great question. It says, why are you talking as if Trump uh, has now won? I, I'm sorry. I, I think you mean why, uh, why are you talking as if Biden has now won? God says stand and have faith that I will put him in the seat and keep him there. Um, I think you meant not. Yeah, not. Why are you talking as if Trump has not won? Okay. The way I'm talking, I, I don't want to misrepresent what my, my thoughts and feelings are. The way I'm talking is if I'm content either way. If God sees fit to put Trump into office uh, uh, in the 11th hour, then praise be to God. But if he sees fit that Biden gets into office, praise be to God. The will of the Lord will be done. You cannot thwart the will of God. So I don't mean to come off as if I, I, I still don't hope that Trump could be uh, uh, put in office still. Um, I, that would be awesome. And that is what I'm still believing that God is able to do. He is able to do that. 
But I'm also very careful because as a pastor and as a leader, I don't want to incite uh, a hope in something that God didn't speak in his word. He has, there are many people who have said God has spoken to them, mm-hmm. but that is proven uh, when it actually happens. What I do know is that we put our hope and our faith in Christ, and regardless of what these political uh, results are, Jesus is still on the throne. The government still rests upon his shoulders, so my faith isn't going to be rocked either way. When we incite that type of hope in something that may happen, what happens is, is we are building people up to a place that if it doesn't happen the way they want it to happen, then they become crushed. And the reverse has happened. Everybody thinks that, hey, Joe Biden won, that validates my faith. Or maybe uh, Donald Trump lost, and that validates uh, my faith. My faith isn't validated by whether someone won or lost, and it certainly isn't validated by what someone says is going to happen when there's no evidence of it as of yet. My faith is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And that's where I stand. So I do believe that God is able to do anything. But I take the stand of faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were going to be cast into the fiery furnace. Yes, my king, the Lord is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow down. And my faith is in that place, and I think I speak for these gentlemen as well. Absolutely. That, yes, I believe that God can still bring Donald Trump into office and show mercy, mercy on this nation and expose the darkness. But even if he doesn't, and his will is different from what I want, then I will still bow down and worship him and say glory to God and walk things out in a spirit of peace and truth. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope that that answers your question. We're going to rip through these real quick. Um, can you speak to those Bibles, uh, to those Christians that say they voted for Biden because Trump is a racist, Trump is an, uh, an idol to white Christians, and they are deceived? I did a whole show on that, and I know that uh, Pastor Rob has spoken to that on many of his um, uh, fireside chats as well. So if you if you go on to uh, Godspeak and look at their fireside chat and all the different discussions that they had, or if you go on the bridge uh, um, on YouTube and go through our different episodes, I address that uh, uh, directly. Um, I'll, I'll say this in short. I do not believe that there's any evidence to display that Trump is a racist, um, and nor is Trump just an idol to white Christians. Uh, he is the President of the United States, one appointed by God according to the Scriptures in order to lead our nation, and we give honor where honor is due. Um, uh, this is this is for you. Uh, dude on the right looks like Meta World Peace, brother. Amen. Uh, take that as a compliment, yeah, I guess. I, I'm bringing world peace. There we go. Yeah, amen. World peace. Um, building God's community. Why does the media lie? Well, the same way anyone lies to protect themselves and get what they want and the media is lying in order to protect their agenda and to get what they want so it's a it's a little discouraging and disheartening to think that people that we trust to bring us the news would be lying to and deceiving at such a high level but remember we do not put our faith and trust in man we put our faith and trust in god so we cannot be surprised or uh when people act like people We need to put our faith and trust in God. And also, don't put people on such a high level or any industry or any person or any uh, politician in such a high place that you would be shocked if they do something that is in alignment with the flesh and not according to the Spirit. Um, Hey, shout out to Jocelyn. Jocelyn was a great friend that we met in Washington, D.C. She was our our partner as as we marched and waited in line and... So uh, shout out to you. So glad to see you guys. Uh, I mean, uh, see that you're on here and enjoying yourself. 
Praise the Lord. Good to see you, Jocelyn. Or I guess we're not seeing you. You're seeing us. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. Um, where in the valley do you meet? Uh, I, I think I answered that one already. I, well, I, I think you're under attack from YouTube. A lot of buffering. Sorry about all the buffering. I don't know what's what's going on. But, um, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Was the pepper spray and the tear gas from the police or someone in the mob? It was from the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Trey saw very close and personal yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, 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 how much that was from the police. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a... Uh, this question is in, in regards to the... Uh, the a politician who was also an ordained minister who prayed to a monotheistic God and say a a man and a woman. That's disgusting. (laughs) I'll just say this. That's about the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And by the way, stupid is in the Bible. (laughs) That shows zero theological understanding of the word amen. Mm -hmm. It shows a complete bowing down to the world system and the mindset of the left which has nothing to do with God. It is complete idolatry, and it's a complete abandonment from the basic principles of Scripture. And that is at the level where I would say I don't even uh, um, believe that this person is in relationship with Jesus Christ at all if they would get to that level. So, yeah, that is absolutely, absolutely um, insane. Um, uh, comment here. The Bible says that the fool is said in their heart, there is no God. Exactly. So for all my brothers and sisters out there who uh, voted for Joe Biden and all that, I'm sure you have sincere reasons why you would believe that, uh, that that is the best course of action. So I don't judge your heart. However, I do want to call into remembrance a few things. Uh, Number one, a lot of the information that you believe about Trump and why people have hated him is based on what the media has said. And the media is run by people who do not believe in God. They were a godless institution. So if we're listening to people who are godless more than people who are godly, then we have to we have to call into question uh, our judgment and what we're listening to. Also, if we if we are in uh, a competition, which is what voting and the political system is, we are competing to get our candidate in line. If we look on our team and we look to our left and our right and you see that the people that you are in agreement with, the people that you are like minded with. The people that are shouting and saying the same things that you're saying are atheists, uh, members of the homosexual community, transgender community, mm-hmm. people who are Luciferian, members of the alt-right and white nationalist, people who are anarchist. These are the people that voted in large part, and I'm not just throwing that out there, Pew Research, you can look at the, the statistics about how many people from each of those institutions vote on the liberal left, those are the people that you're in, in one accord with, then I would question sincerely whether I'm in the right. And when you look across the aisle and see who you're in opposition with, it's those darn evangelical Christians. <laughs> that means that you're in opposition to Christians, and on this side you have atheists and, and progressive Christianity, which isn't Christianity at all, and all these other mindsets. So you have to look at who's on your team to let you know who you're playing for. So I just offer that with all love and with all due respect, not doubting the sincerity of your heart, but we can be sincerely wrong too. Um, 
Yes. Just got a uh, uh, another question about the opening prayer. Absolutely. Remember, Christians, and I'm speaking to Christians right now. Those of you who voted for Joe Biden, you, you also just proved that you're in agreement with this pastor who opened a congressional hearing praying to a monotheistic God and saying a man and a woman. That is the mindset that is prevailing on the left, and you got an agreement with it. So I, I, I would just say, take that to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, that doesn't seem right that I would be in agreement with someone like that. Please instruct me and tell my heart where I need to be, because y'all know where I stand on that. Um, there's, a, there's a letter here. Um, yeah. Hey, I appreciate you guys sending information, but if I, if I can't verify it, then uh, I'm not going to put it out there because I have a responsibility to the truth, and I just want to be very careful um, with that. Um, when's the next rally? Um, there are people that are talking about being at the Capitol on the 17th, the 18th, and 19th, uh, but I, I haven't really looked into it. Um, amen. Thank you. Let's say Biden does become president on the 20th. Should we see him as a legitimate president and continue to serve him or resent him because of a rigged election? Uh, I, I said this uh, when I, uh, Trey and I had the opportunity to be interviewed by um, someone we were coming out of the hotel. If God sees fit to allow Joe Biden to step into the office of president, then it is still by God's will, regardless of the method by which he got there. Because it says in Romans chapter 13 that every authority that is placed is placed by God and appointed by God. So while they are not anointed by God, they are absolutely appointed by God. And I will say that Joe Biden is my president because he will be technically the president of the United States of America. Now, why he's there, that's up to the Lord. But that is something that I will need to submit to. But you're, you better believe that I'm going to resist with all my heart every single policy that he tries to put into play that is contrary to the will of God. We are going to make our voices heard. We are going to do everything in our power to not quit and just roll over because things didn't go our way. That should inspire us and motivate us to be more disciplined right. and more conscious of what is going on so we can uh, allow ourselves to be used by God to put people in position who are righteous, who are full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, and take back this country if the Lord would have mercy on us. So if Joe Biden becomes president, shame on this nation and shame on the church for letting such a thing happen. But we should have a resolve to never let it happen again. But again, no one has been sworn into the office. Um... Oh, wow. We have so many. So, wow. Uh, wow. Let's see. Okay, we're going to answer one more question. And I'm going to direct it to you guys. I've been talking enough. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll start with you. This is a great question. Connor, did you feel the darkness over the city? Honestly, it depended where I was. Where I was. At the first place we were at, at the rally, absolutely not. I felt no darkness. I felt yeah. love and the Spirit of God there. It felt Amen. so good. Like, I just keep thinking about the energy there. Like, it was so good. Everyone was so happy and, and supportive of our country. So, absolutely no darkness there. 
And I think Trey mentioned, like, as soon as... When we went over to the Capitol, it was like, the closer you got to the building, the more it felt dark. And, and, I, and I got... You know, I, I approached the Capitol building at one point, just with everything happened with them. They got separated, and I went back up to search for one of them. And, and I knew, like, getting closer to the building... I was feeling like it just different and, and, and it did feel dark. So, so yes, during the whole siege of the Capitol, but absolutely not when we were all together and, and just gathered peacefully down at the rally. Amen. I mean, I, I, I agree with everything he just said. I mean, the, the rally was probably one of the most, um, amount, the, the, the greatest amount of love that I've ever experienced just being around a mass of people um, it was it was unbelievable the amount of unity and and it just felt like yeah like camaraderie and, and and even in a sense where you know you know that there was one mind there and that that nobody had uh, intentions of being violent at the rally and uh I, just like I had said before, as you got closer to the Capitol building later on, it was a different story. But I would like to also add that the next day, mm-hmm. that it was, yes. oh my goodness, it was so peaceful. Yes. It was so peaceful in every single person that we in- encountered, whether we talked with them or we did not talk with them. Yeah. It, there was a peace that we experienced that was um, yeah just unprecedented. It was beautiful. Um, and that there was all Trump supporters that we know of, you know. Yeah. Um, and, well, it's kind of hard to miss. Everybody had yeah. something that said Trump, and if anybody had an American flag on, there's just kind of like this nod, like, okay. <laughs> right, right. You know, and we went to the Lincoln Memorial, and we went to, you know, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Memorial, um, and we were just walking around, went over to the White House area, and we just were met with such such great energy. Yeah. You know, uh, you can tell that, that people really were in a in a peaceful place, which... You would think that the contrary, in the sense that you know it didn't go the way that we really wanted it to go. We wanted there to be peace and, and yeah. our voices to be heard. And and unfortunately, when you sat back and you heard what the news reported, it was it was overshadowed by the violence and the people who wanted to to create chaos. Yeah. And so that was that was disheartening. But then it was like the but God yeah. part of it. You know, yeah. it was like but God has this like. And you can tell everybody just was in that in that place. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. We know God is in control. Amen. You know. You know, we got a we got a couple other really good questions. So let me do this. Let me give you all permission uh to sign off. You guys have been more than generous with your time listening to us. I, I so appreciate that. I want to say thank you again to Pastor Rob McCoy and Godspeak family for entrusting us with uh, uh your viewership. That means a whole lot to me. And, and to us here, and I appreciate the fellowship, I, I appreciate the brotherhood, and so glad that the Holy Spirit has knitted us together. Uh, I want to release you guys. Uh, we are going to answer some more questions, so you're welcome to stay. I want to encourage you guys, if you're in the New Bo- uh, Newberry Park area or a Thousand Oaks area, to go by and visit Godspeak Calvary Chapel with Pastor Rob McCoy. He is an excellent pastor. He is a man of God, and he, he has a community in, in his church that is uh, second to none. So I want to encourage you guys to, to do that. Um, if you're in the San Fernando Valley, 
and you're in the Reseda area, look us up, Legacy Family Church. We're at LegacyFamily.Church. You can see all of our services, whether you prefer to be online or we have our Saturday Night Live services. You are welcome, and we would love to fellowship with you. And, of course, remember there is the uh, uh, fireside chat every uh, evening at 7 p.m. on Godspeak. And then The Bridge by Jesse Bailey every Sunday evening at 7.30 p.m. So with that, God bless you. And uh, I want to do something that uh, Pastor Rob has always done. And um, I'm going to ask Connor to go ahead and read this for us. Uh, if you've watched God speak, then you know. And this is something that I may just institute on The Bridge as well. But it's the reading of uh, Numbers uh, chapter 6, verse 24 and 26. Connor, would you read that for us? Absolutely. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you guys for joining. Now we're going to continue with uh, some, uh, some more Q&A. So uh, if you ask a question, we might, we might just get to it. So let's get on with this. Um, it says, please explain the comment listed below by President Trump. And this is something that he did say at the rally. He said, you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to be strong. This is what Trump told his followers just before a mob of them stormed the Capitol, resulting in at least five deaths. Also, let's please keep in mind that they that y'all are only speaking of where you all had your boots on the ground. Please speak of what only have hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and try not to justify either side. You know what? I, I, I appreciate that comment. And our and our goal here is not to justify anything. We're just here to bear witness to what we saw. So there's no justification at all. Um, it says you'll never be able to take back our country with weakness. You'll have to show strength. You have to be strong. That is a true statement. And in no way in the context of his speech did he ever incite violence. We do have to be strong. You cannot be weak. And that strength is manifested in our ability to stand up against the lies that are being spoken of. It takes strength to stand up against a culture that hates you for supporting someone. It, it, it does take strength. You have to have a backbone to stand up for what's right. If you've ever preached the gospel, if you've ever tried to live a Christian life out loud and not in the shadows behind closed doors or in a closet, you know mm -hmm. that it takes strength. This is why the Bible says that we need to pray for endurance. This is why it says, therefore, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, mm -hmm. because it takes strength to stand for truth to stand up for justice, and to do what's right in the midst of a culture that is godless, and you are a remnant. So he was no way inciting that. Not at all. Um, it says, everything that went on at the Capitol, you are saying that it's a Christian movement. No, we didn't say that. We never said that. Actually, what we said was there was a lot of Christians there. There was a lot of signs for Christ. And that vast majority of the people there, I would say, were believers in the Lord Jesus. From the conversations that we had, to the prayer meetings that were going on, to people singing the Lord's Prayer, to everything that was going on in those few days, the vast majority were believers. And Pew Research and many of the polls would verify that many of the conservative, much on the conservative movement, the vast majority of them are Christians, or at least identify as being Christian. So it wasn't necessarily a Christian movement, it was a truth movement. Were you guys at a Black Lives Matter uh, gathering? Uh, yes, Trey served and went to um, several Black several. Lives Matter 
gatherings. Yeah. I've been on Black Lives Matter uh, phone calls and mm-hmm. uh, Zoom chats and mm-hmm. and listened to, to trainings with them. So we do have experience with Black Lives uh, Matter uh, mm-hmm. protests and uh, the organization itself. I believe Connor is a member of Black Lives Matter. As my, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> Too soon. I would like to know if your original intent in Washington, D.C. to support the President Trump was accomplished. Do you feel that your visit was accomplished? If yes, please explain. Trey. Yes, absolutely. Um, I feel like we went out there because as a patriot of this great nation that we would like to support truth and honesty and support the liberties that we've been given under God. And when we see that there's injustice, you show up. And I feel like by us showing up, just by that alone is accomplishing the mission. Secondarily, allowing ourselves to, to witness and see the stark contrast between what the media was choosing to report and what we were seeing firsthand. We're running down C-SPAN trying to block their cameras because they're choosing to angle their cameras down at empty seats. They're choosing to only film the tops of the seas of crowds upon crowds upon crowds of people waving American flags and, and expressing their patriotism to this nation. So absolutely, for us to see that firsthand, it gives us an ease and an understanding that we're able to communicate and to share with all of you. And also that, you know, that that's the main objective for us all going out there is mm-hmm. to is to make sure that the truth is, is being told. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. Amen. Here's a here's a great question and uh, actually something that I wanted to address earlier, but we'll address it now. Um, uh, this one comes in and says, "A little confused, gents. If so many more people were trying to stop the aggressors, or not in agreement with the actions of the aggressors, how did it still happen with so few aggressors? Physics would suggest that it is an impossibility. Correct. Um, let me frame it." Uh, the context and, and what happened a little bit better. There were a lot more people there that were not inciting violence. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. There were people who were trying to stop it, like myself and Trey and a few others who were standing. However, they were already there, as we studied earlier. I was getting reports of the break-in before the rally had even released. That's right. So there were people there at the Capitol, as we saw, being let in and breaking in before we even got there. So let me reiterate that these people were also being let in, as we saw in the video. Mm-hmm. They just let them into the Capitol. So there was a plot and a plan to do this. Second of all, let me flip that on you a little bit and, and offer this. Physics would also say... That if everybody there really wanted to take that that capital, it would have been done. Let me let me play this for you one more time and see how many people were there. Oh, whoops, that's the wrong one. stop that so the the reality is is that physics would say if we wanted that capital gone it would be gone 
toast. It would be it would be gone. But the just House too. yeah, the white everything. Yeah, there was enough people there to overrun everything. Yes, there it, it would have taken all of five seconds mm-hmm. to completely overwhelm the police that were there, break every window, flood that place, mm-hmm. break into every room, and completely destroy it. If that was the intent of the mob, right? It was not. It was a select few people who got there way before the actual. Uh, members of the the march who started that and and that's just the reality of it um let's see uh yeah in re- in response to our to our statement of how peaceful it was that next day even i even took a video of it of how peaceful the city was people were walking around and just being very loving and, and kind but they erected an 8 foot fence the next day yeah uh, they would do that, mm-hmm. whether for legitimate concern, because something did happen at the Capitol. We're not saying nothing happened at the Capitol. Right. Out of le- a legitimate concern, absolutely do that. Um, or if it was to for appearances, whatever it was. Um, and, and I don't think it was wrong for them to put that fence up. It, it, it needed to be put up. Mm-hmm. Um, amen. Again, thank you. Thank you so much for the encouragement. We appreciate it. With that family, I think we've got all the questions. You know what? I didn't check YouTube one time. I didn't check YouTube one Sorry, time. YouTube. Sorry, YouTube. We we just completely uh, forgot about y'all. Oh, look at all those. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wow. Still at 120. Yeah. Ish. Wow. You get your wow. typing fingers on. Yeah. Well, it looks like there's a... Looks like there was a lot of conversation and discussion happening on, on, on YouTube. So uh, we'll let you guys continue to talk. <laughs> but um, <laughs> with that family, again, to all of our, our Godspeak family uh, who tuned in for the fireside chat, uh, I pray you enjoyed our, your time here. We pray it did not disappoint. I know I'm no Rob McCoy, but uh, but God bless you guys and thank you for, for joining us. To all of our Bridge family and Legacy Family Church, thank you guys for your continued support. We love you so much and appreciate your time. And we, we pray right now uh, for our nation. As a matter of fact, let's pray right now. Would you all join me in prayer as we end our time together? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have revealed yourself to us through the person of Jesus Christ, that we might inherit salvation through faith by the grace that you've extended to us. Lord, we thank you for blessing us with this great nation. We thank you, Lord God, that we have the opportunity to live in a land that uh, looks towards liberty afforded by you, Lord God, that acknowledges that every single law of man is subject to the law of God, written in our foundational documents, Father. What a privilege and an honor and a blessing to be in this great nation. Father, we intercede right now and we ask for your blessing upon this nation. We ask, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would have mercy on us. We ask that your will would be done, Father, in, 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 in politics, in the church, and in our lives individually. That is all we ask, that your will be done. Father, we do ask that you would put that person who would stand up for righteousness in the White House. And Father, I believe wholeheartedly that the principles that are represented on the Republican Party, Lord God, represent you best. 
We honor the sanctity of life, the sanctity of marriage, Lord God, the, the value of family and your word. And Lord, we are asking that you would put someone in place who honors those attributes. Father, we believe that it is Donald Trump. But Lord, we ask that your will be done. If you see fit that this nation falls subject to the powers and principalities that are, that are coming in, Lord God, as, as punishment, as judgment for years of murdering children in the womb, for disrespecting uh, the, the sanctity of marriage, for inviting and inciting evil uh, throughout the world. Lord, then let your will be done. But Father, we cry out, just as Abraham cried out before you brought judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord, if there are 50, Lord, if there are 40, Lord, if there are 10, Lord, if there are 20, would you have mercy on us, Lord God, and not bring in judgment? Would you have mercy on us, Lord God, and give us the opportunity to do what's right before you? Father, would you bring unity and peace in your name? Lord, would you help us as believers in particular to not look to political parties, but to look unto you, Lord Jesus, and your principles and your word? Father, we find ourselves again as a nation, just as they found themselves at the time of the Civil War, with many people believing and reading the same Bible, but coming to completely different conclusions, Lord God. And Lord, I, I, I pray that we would not fall in the same fate. Father, I pray that you would bring resolution, Father. We ask, Lord, for the strength to stand for truth, but also to accept what it is that you have planned for this nation. On January 20th, if Joe Biden is sworn in as President of the United States, Lord, let your people, those who call on your name out of a pure heart, let us stand and respect and honor the authority that has been placed. Yes. Father, we do not put anything outside of your control. You are able to do anything. So regardless of what happens politically, Father, we trust you because your Bible, your word has said that we can rely on you. You said that you would never leave us nor forsake us. And we believe that. Lord Jesus, help us to turn our attention to the work of the gospel. Help us, Lord God, to do as you said for us to do from the beginning, to have dominion. First and foremost, over our own thoughts and our flesh. Then, Lord God, let us take dominion in those areas of influence that we need to, to infiltrate as believers, bringing truth and life and hope and peace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, keep us from all deception and darkness. I pray that if I or anyone else is, has been greatly deceived, Lord God, reveal your truth. Open up our eyes. Uh, open up our hearts to understand. I pray this for all believers. I pray that we would finally get in, in one accord. But Lord, if you are using this political environment as a winnowing fan in your hand to separate the, 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 the wheat from the chafe, to separate the sheep from the goats, then Lord, so be it. You are justified and just in your judgments. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you because our hope is in you and you alone. You are the solid rock on which we stand. And there is no other named in, uh, name named in heaven and on, or on the earth by which man must be saved. We are not saved by a president. Our salvation is not coming on Air Force One, Lord God. It came 2,000 years ago uh, on the cross. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are coming again. Yes. So we don't look to the White House, Lord God. We look to the eastern sky. And we thank you. And we praise you. Yes, Lord. And we surrender to you in your will, Lord. We give you all glory. We give you all praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
and amen. Amen. Family, God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next time, whether on Fireside Chat with Pastor Rob or here on the bridge. But whichever one you go to, just remember to keep it bold, keep it balanced, and keep it biblical. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.